0: True. Good morning. Welcome to the Claire Victory. This is JC who's calling. Good morning,
1: Eva.
0: Good morning, Ivan.
1: Are you good? Good all
0: Amen. God is good all the time. Good morning to you,
1: sweetheart. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Good morning. It's Diane. Good morning, Diane. How are you? I'm doing fine. Happy Monday. Thank you, sweetie. Happy Monday to you as well. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well too. Thank good. you for asking. You're so welcome. Have a blessed day. You too, hon. Say hi to Rick. I sure will. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Anyone else join? We'd like to say hello or good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC.
2: J C J C. Hey, sweetie girl, it's Didi Go. Morning, love you, Mr. Hey. Brown. Oh.
0: Good morning. Thank Good to you to hear Judy. you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you so much. I love and you. Congratulations on that beautiful baby girl. Thank I love you. Welcome. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Anyone else join? Good morning. This is Valerie. How are you doing? Hi, Valerie. Good morning, sis. I'm good. How are you? Good. Good, good, good. That's
2: hey, good morning. I'm sorry, y'all. I get excited. I hear two voices. I haven't heard in a while. Okay, I'm going to go on mute. i get in trouble. I'm going to get a call from the superintendent. Love you, Val.
3: Judy, you would keep
0: us going.
2: Love you, you <laughs>
0: Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC. Good
4: morning.
0: Good morning. Good morning, Sister Tracy. Happy hey, Monday. Good morning. Happy Monday, Sister Tracy. Good morning. Good morning. Anyone else join? Happy Monday everyone. It's almost Christmas. (laughs) Good morning, good morning and welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC. Good morning, J.C. This is Trimita, the finisher. How are you? Nice to Good hear you. Good morning. With that. Well, thank you. It is nice to be heard and it's nice to hear you all as well. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. This is J.C. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning, beloved Barb. Happy Monday. God bless. Good morning. Happy Monday to you as well. Thank you. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, good it's Prosperous Pam.
2: Happy Monday.
0: Good, good morning and happy Monday, Prosperous Pam. And who else was that?
2: Good morning, Miss Sharon. Happy Monday.
0: Good morning, Sharon. Happy Monday to you as well, huh? Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning.
5: Good morning. This is Patricia.
0: Good morning, Patricia. Welcome to Declare Victory. Thank you. You're very welcome. Is there anyone else? Good morning, good morning. This is JC, welcome to Declare Victory. Happy Monday. Anyone else? Good morning, good morning. okay well it's time to get started before we move forward we ask you to mute your line so that we can proceed hello again my name is jc and i am your hostess thank you for joining us here on declare victory we are a prayer call that meets monday through saturday starting at six o'clock a.m pacific time to edify empower encourage and equip you in your walk with christ please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too Make sure you join us in December, for our theme is focus. We know that God will bless us through our wonderful and gifted declares. There are no announcements today. There were no prayers no prayer requests submitted via the app. The order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Yolandra. The declaration will be brought by Andrew. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. Once again, prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Yolandra. Declaration will be brought by Andrew. Then we will go right into comments hosted by the declare. Scripture for today is Romans 8 and 5. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are, excuse me, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior. Have a blessed day and Merry Christmas to you all.
3: Good morning. Good morning, Declared Victory. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I bless your name. I bless your name this morning. God, I come to you right now um, with adoration and confession and with um, supplication, Lord God. Uh, We adore you, Lord God. We love you, Lord Jesus. Uh, You are worthy, worthy to be praised. So we magnify your name, Lord God. Uh, We also come to you, Lord God, confessing our sins, Jesus things that we have done knowingly and unknowingly of omission and commission, Lord God, that you would cleanse us, Lord Jesus, that you would affect uh, more discipline in us, Lord God, that you will allow us to remember that obedience lord jesus is better than sacrifice god i bless your name so i pray god that you would forgive us of our trespasses lord god forgive us of the things that we've done lord god lord god we love you we hold you in high esteem lord god you are the greatest of great lord god you are greater than great lord god we cannot phantom, Lord God, how great and mighty and awesome you are, God, but we feel your love, Jesus. We understand, Lord God, that you love us more than we could ever love ourselves, and for that, we are grateful. We are thankful as well for your greatest sacrifice, Lord God, your one and only begotten son, Lord God, who died on the cross for us, Lord Jesus, to forgive us, of our sins so that we, Lord God, can live our eternity in your presence. So we thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for our trials, Lord God. We thank you for our valleys, Lord God. We thank you for our ditches, Jesus, because we know that you are the one and only true Savior who can bring us through, Lord God, who can support us, Lord God, who can love us, who can direct us. So we just bless your magnificent, name hallelujah so lord god as we move to focus on you lord jesus we know lord god that your word is true and steady your word is true and steady lord jesus unfailing lord god it will not yield lord god because it is your word lord god so we pray lord jesus that we commit our work to you and our plans will be established, Lord Jesus. As we focus on you, Lord God, we commit our work to you, Jesus,
2: so that your plans, God,
3: your will, God, will be established, Lord God. We also pray, Lord Jesus, as we focus on you. And we are not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewal of our minds, that by testing you may discern what is the will, what is your will, and what is good and acceptable and purpose. So we think. Think on these things, God. We think on the fruit, Lord God, the fruit that you have given us, Lord God, that we work toward, Lord God, that we work to align ourselves with, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord God, as we focus on you, we remember that the one uh, that endures to the end will be saved, Lord God, because the test, the race is not for the fast or for the swift, but the one who endures, Lord God, slow and Steady, Lord God, hallelujah. Without hiccups, Lord God, without detours. God, we pray that we stay on the road to salvation, God. We pray, Lord God, that you will help us to be the very best people, the very best Christians, the very best disciples that we can be. God, we lean on you, Lord God. We depend on you, Lord God. We look to you for everything, for direction, Lord God. For insight, Lord God, for the Holy Spirit, Jesus, we bless your magnificent name. Because your word says that we can do all things through him who strengthens me, through Christ, God, through your power, God, through your grace, God, through your infinite wisdom, God, we bless your magnificent name. So, Lord God, as we continue to focus on you, we pray that we are not overcome by evil, but we overcome evil with good. God, you are. Our source, you are our delight, Jesus. You are everything we need, God. So we pray, Lord God, that we will keep our eyes on you, that we will look to the hills from whence our help comes, Lord God, that we will call upon you day and night, God, that when distress arrives, Lord God, that we are not shaken, that we don't stumble, that we don't falter, God, but we keep our eyes fixed under prize God because you are everything we need so i bless your name this morning god i call you I call you Savior. I call you King of Kings. I call you Majesty, Lord God. I call you Magnificent, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I call you my saving grace, Lord God. I am grateful that you do not condemn us, Lord God. We are not condemned, Lord God. I am grateful for your patience, Lord God, for your tolerance, Lord God. I'm gracious for your direction, Lord God, for your magnificent and everlasting love for us, Lord God. I bless you your name. So as we take our phones off the mute, Lord God, we want to give you the highest praise, the highest of highest, Lord God. The highest of highest, Jesus. We bless your name. You are mighty. You are magnificent. You are my strong tower, Lord God. I can run to you, Lord God, and I'm always safe in your arms. God, I bless your name. Oh, God, I call you king of kings, Lord of lords, God. Hallelujah. I call you Lord of my soul. Hallelujah. I'll call you my eminent presence, Lord God. (laughs) Everything that we need, Lord God, we depend on you, God. We keep our eyes on you, Lord God. We do not look to the left or the right, God, but we look to you, Jesus, for all things. Oh, God, forgive me for my sin, Lord God. Forgive me for being judgmental, God. Forgive me for being self-seeking and selfish, Lord God. Underhanded, Lord God. Cleanse us, Lord God. Cleanse us with your blood, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. glory, glory. Glory, Jesus! Hallelujah! 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord God. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. You are my Savior, Lord God. I will not deny you, God. Glory, 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 glory! Hallelujah. Hallelujah! 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 Blessed be Thy name, God. Blessed be Thy name, God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God, we need you, God. The world, Lord God. We need you in this world, Lord God. We need your protection, God. Protect your people, Lord God. We seek your face, God. We keep our eyes fixed on you. Because you are, you are train the one and only true Savior. I don't care what they say about other deities, Lord God. They do not exist, Lord God. Because you are the Queen King, Lord God. You are the ruler, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord God, we bless your name this morning, Lord God. We worship you in spirit and truth, Lord God. We thank you, God, that there is no fear, Lord God. We thank you, God, that we're not resistant, Lord God. We thank you, thank you, for thank you God, for calling us out, blocking us Lord God. We thank you, God, that we yield to your word, Lord God, and we yield, uh, Lord God, to your way in our life, God. We pray for conditions of this world, God. We pray for COVID that you eradicate from the face of the earth, God. We pray for those that have been affected, Lord God. We thank you for your shelter, Lord God. We thank you for your covering, Lord God. Oh, God, we thank you for the blood, the blood Blood, the blood, the blood, the blood that so richly cleanses us and saves us and protects us. And us, God, God, I bless your name. So, God, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus, your son, your only begotten son, that you, that you sacrifice on the cross for our sake. God, we honor you. God, we keep our eyes fixed on you, God. Lord, I pray we never lose focus or lose sight of who you are in our lives. God, we bless your magnificent name on this glorious morning. Lord God, so as we put our phones back on mute, Lord God, as we continue to praise you, God, I pray, Lord God, for Andrew. Oh, God, blessed be. Blessed God. I'm so grateful for his recovery, God. And I pray that you would just anoint him, Lord God, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet to deliver a message from you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I bless your name. All these things I pray in the magnificent and powerful and loving and sound and sweet name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah.
5: Let all God's people say amen. Thank you, sister, for that strong prayer. Uh, Good morning, everyone. My name is Andrew, and it's an honor and privilege to be addressing you uh, this morning, this great morning on Declare Victory. But I ask everyone if they could just one more time, check your phone, make sure the mute feature is activated, and check throughout uh, my declaration, which will not be before you long, I promise you. But we need to let the word of God go forth and do what it was intended to do without any interaction or distraction from the background. This morning, I want to speak about focus. That is our monthly theme. But I am going to change the focus slightly on focus. And I want to talk about when the Word of God has come to us at times in our life. And though we are to, what we stand and trust on the promises of God but sometimes we get weary we are admonished in the scriptures not to be weary in well-doing For in due season we will reap if we faint not we wouldn't be told that if growing weary wasn't going to be an issue okay god doesn't just give us warnings for no reason (coughs) excuse me so when those times have come in our lives when if at any time did we give up on the promise did we lose focus on the vision i want to talk about that and incorporate that into a story from the scriptures that we all know very well My main text verse is gonna be found in Matthew, second chapter, verses one through two. The word of God reads as follows. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Again, Matthew chapter two, verses one through two. Now, there is a lot encased in those two verses. And I want to get into that. But again, I won't be before you very long. But I want to go a little further back to uh, admonitions in the scriptures find in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 5 whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment let me read that again whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing he shall feel no evil thing and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and and judgment proverbs chapter 10 verse 8 the wise in heart will receive commandments but a prating fool shall fall Prating is an archaic word you don't hear it very often now in uh, modern speech but it basically means someone who doesn't have an off, off switch for his mouth one who talks a lot, one who talks a lot without thinking about what is being said. And we also have Ecclesiastes chapter nine verse seventeen. The words of wise men are heard in quiet, more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. We read that one again. The words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools with those verses in mind go back to the main text now when jesus was born in bethlehem of judea in the days of herod the king behold there came wise men from the east to jerusalem saying where is he that is born king of the jews for we have seen his start in the east and are come to worship him. Now, Ecclesiastes nine seventeen, about the words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. You can throw Herod's name into that. No, he was not a wise man, and yes, he ruled among fools because he was one. And as his actions bear out, regarding of how he handled. This visitation, you see that he was a fool. But how does the Bible define fools? We throw that name around constantly now and don't think a second thought, usually, about its use. But David defined fool as one who says in his heart, There is no God. And so if someone is saying in their heart, There is no God, they're neither regarding god's existence as fact but they're also not acknowledging the commandments treatises judgments and warnings that come from the word of god just not interested in that because it's it's more fairy tale or quaint notions than something that is tangible and real And effective in their life. They don't see it that way. And so basically, they roll in their own strength. They are secure in their own wisdom, which Solomon defines as the uttermost foolishness. You know, a man who's wise in his own heart is a fool. Okay? This is what was on the throne. This is what was called Herod the Great. And these wise men who were going to dig into them uh, probably a little deeper than you have had other people do, Uh, these wise men were very bold. They trusted fully in the Lord and I'll show you why in a moment, okay? When they came seeking information, they came to the source. They came to the throne city, Jerusalem the city of the great king and they went to the king sitting on the throne at the time and asked him where is the real king okay we've seen his star you didn't have one but you're not the real king but we're asking you where he is because we came to worship him we did not come to praise him alone. We did not come to acknowledge his birth alone. We did not come to curry favor and show him our allegiance and pledge our loyalty and our lives from this point henceforth. That's part of it. We came to worship him because this king is not like you we're not worshiping you now oh great king herod we're just we just came for information we came for directions we're still on the road this is just a pit stop for those of you who are a little longer in the tooth than some of the others you'll remember that the roadside rest used to all be holiday Inn. howard johnson okay Basically, they're treating Herod's uh, Herod's throne as a pit stop, and Herod didn't take that kindly. And later on, you see just how wigged out he got because of the umbrage of the wise men, but they're defined as wise. And the Bible defines wisdom as the fear of God. That's the beginning of wisdom. These men had it. But we don't know much about them other than what they initially inquired, what they did with the information that they did not get, how long it took them to get the answer they were seeking, how long they sought that answer, and what they did with the vision that God gave them after they found what they sought. That shows that these men Were incredible, and we should be talking about them more. We should be talking about them like some of the other wise men that we laud in the Bible, because these individuals were extremely brave and extremely strong to walk into a sitting king's uh, throne room and ask him where the real king was without hesitation, without any equivocation. Now, we saw that another time in the scriptures, and that was with three men, which is not to be confused with the notion of the three wise men, because as we are going to get into in a moment, there was no number ascribed to the wise men. We know it's plural, and that's all we know. Uh, Their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those were their birth names. Their names after capture and mutilation were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were young princes of Israel. They came from prominent families. They were wealthy. They were grabbed because they were handsome young men. They were intelligent young men. They were made eunuchs with the knife and they were sent to graduate school in babylon they learned the language of the chaldeans they learned their science they learned all sorts of knowledge that the babylonians valued and at the end of that period uh daniel who's the only one in the group who is identified Specifically by his birth name, he and his three friends were shown to be ten times better than anybody else they dragged from Israel, and who the king already had ten times better. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, so that works out. So when when they were confronted. With death in a fiery furnace, Tananiah, Shad, Mishael, and Azariah, who would usually address the king by saying, Oh king, live forever. Whether you were just responding to his question or you were asking something of the king, this is how you address them. Oh king, live forever. And then you spoke. Well, They didn't do that this time. When the threat was given to them face to face, they responded by saying, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter, O king. So basically, they got uppity. And you can see that it had the proper effect because Nebuchadnezzar got so angry, he had the furnace heated seven times hotter than it was wont to be. The men that, that threw them in the furnace fully clothed just as they were right then at the moment, the flames burned them, and they died. These were the mightiest men uh Nebuchadnezzar had in his in his army and his guard because they would have to throw them you know, physically throw them uh a fairly long distance to get them into the furnace because the heat from the furnace was blasting out so far, but they died. But then again, there is that verse that says, touch not, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. So they were doing from the start. That same boldness, the wise men showed, again, by asking a sitting king who was despotic, uh not so sane, and letting his anger run unchecked who was present they asked him where's the real king because we know he's been born and Herod was shocked but these men again were wise men but where did they come from the directional vectors during this time, uh, all skewed from egypt and here's why when God freed the Hebrews from Egyptian rule and their the, the rigors of bondage there, He told them that they were never to go back. He even instilled an edict for the king that would sit on the throne of Israel that they could not do three things. They could not hoard gold. They could not collect wives, nor could they have horses from Egypt. Those three things the king could not do. And Solomon did all three of those with with great relish, which was another reason for his eventual running into trouble with God. However, the wise men came from the east. Now, what that meant was that was east of Israel because west of Israel was Egypt in the Red Sea. They were not to go back there. So they had the Red Sea and the Jordan as their back border. They were relatively safe from people crossing that way. So everything else was east. Now, east of that was where Babylon sat. And where Babylon sat, Nebuchadnezzar was king. He was the one that utilized Daniel, Shadrach, Beshach and Abednego. And he put Daniel in charge of all the wise men. That's the first time in the scriptures that specifically godly men were involved with the wise men tag. Usually there would be soothsayers and diviners being considered wise men. This time you had godly men where the spirit of God moved and spoke and directed these men. These guys were wise men. Daniel was in charge of all the wise men, and since Nebuchadnezzar put out edicts when Nebuchadnezzar was converted, and yes, he was converted, because when he had lost his mind for seven years and his throne was not taken away from him, he extolled the God of Daniel, and he said if anybody said anything against the God of Daniel, that their homes would be a dunghill and et cetera, et cetera so you could not say anything bad during his life about daniel's god because he said there was no god that could deliver like this there was no god who could raise up and 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 debase like he could and none could stay his hand he is divine he is the lord of hosts the one above all nebuchadnezzar as pagan as he was saw that and it's funny how we, in a country where uh Christian persecution is basically losing friends or opportunity, but not your life, have complete and total access to the Word of God, and we treat it like it's recreational, sobering, especially during a time when we have a pestilence walking in the darkness, where we know some of the ways that one can contract it but not all the ways because we've not had enough time to test it we've been in emergency mode the entire time and that's not where good science is produced but that's another argument the wise men in babylon were under daniel the wise men in babylon and babylon respected daniel they saw his wisdom every day put forth. They saw how people reacted to what he said, his, how his advice was so strong and cogent that people were settled in listening to it. Not only that, but they saw things bear out exactly as he said they would bear out. So his name was reverence. Picture in your spiritual mind the things that he wrote down since he was in charge of the wise men he would be teaching them to observe certain signs certain wonders certain seasons the passage of time for particular things that he would speak or was spoken to when he would commune in prayer with his god those things would be written down or passed word to word mouth to mouth so long after, hundreds of years after he was gone, they are still lauding this group of people who are wise men. They seek out what he told them to look for. Look how much time has passed. And they're still looking in the skies, observing that which Daniel said. And when they saw this star, which was not a us it was not a typical star because it moved it moved in sequence and you could see it in the daytime, okay most stars you every now and then you could see the 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 moon you know during the day, but this was a star this was bright, everybody could see it, and when they saw that, how unusual it was. And again, in your spiritual eye, you could see them checking what Daniel said. And it started to bear out. Oh, what does this mean? He he had to say something about it. Oh snap, yes, he did. Look, the king that the King of Kings is born. And he's going to be in Jerusalem. Okay. Let's go find him. And so they got a group and they traveled. Now, for those of you who understand the modern world the world in which we live in right now let me ask you this question and it's rhetorical if you had only three people and one of those persons had gold like 24 karat pure gold with them the other person had like a a resin that was just as costly and uh, valued like the gold. It was just as rare. It was just as beautiful. It was just as highly sought as the gold. And then the other person had an, an ointment that was just as vaunted as, the resin and the gold used for a particularly different purpose but again the initial cost was still high you could resell this and just you know make all sorts of bank okay and you only had three people and you had to travel a long way what are the chances of somebody not sensing that you had something worth taking and would just roll up on you and take it, the world being like it is now, okay? And then you take that thought back to a time when you maybe had armies that had posts hither and yon and they would patrol to make sure that they would promote law and order or you may have had good individuals who would look after their neighbor because they took that love thy neighbor as thyself seriously. Other than that, there was nobody to help you if things went awry. The parable of the Good Samaritan is a great example of that. Now, with that in mind, how much sense does it make to think that there were only three men traveling that distance for that long, with that much wealth, and nothing happened. Again, in my spiritual eye, there were more than three. There were three gifts, but just because you had two, it, 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 it it's, a, it's a quaint notion that each one carried one, and you roll from there. But that notion came from the book Ben-Hur, it did not come from the scriptures. In the book Ben Hur, the author who was decidedly anti Christian, Solomon would, and David himself would consider him a fool, was against Christianity. His daughter had just converted. So what he did was he sought out to write something that would convince her and shame her into backtracking. That she had made a mistake well he started writing and he started researching and the longer he wrote the more questions he had and by the time that he was near finished he converted him also he himself became a christian and the the book is a classic uh in the aftermath but it started off where he had Three potentates, three individuals who came from three different ascendant societies who had reached the pinnacle of everything their society could give them. They had wealth. They had rule. They had power. They had women. They had uh, strength. They had rule for a while. There were no enemies on the horizon that could usurp their rule and they asked themselves each one was this all there was to life and a voice from heaven told them if they if they followed the star they'd have their answer so they you know like jed and granny they loaded up the truck and they started out on the road and at some point each one intersected the other two and what amazed them was Each one came from a different center, a different tongue, but they could understand each other. And they were all seeking the same thing and they were following this star. And then they went together. And when they got to Bethlehem, they found the baby and his mother. That's the story that the book tells in conjunction with all the other stuff that the book has going on. But for our purposes, in this conversation, the book states that it's fact in the way the book, uh, a novel, discusses fact. But that's not what the biblical narrative tells us. The biblical narrative tells us that the wise men didn't find the baby when he was a baby. They found him when he was a child, and when that, when King Herod asked. His advisors, when did they last visit, it was two years. It took them two years to find where Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem, two years. That's not a baby anymore. We would consider them babies, but no, that's a toddler. So it was a very different situation where the nativity scene you see has Mary, Joseph, you know, with the halos over them, you know, a couple animals and then these kings. That was not the case. So every time you see that, that's just a little bit more wrong in the story that gets filtered in. And we lose people when they find out that, oh, that really wasn't it. And then they start wondering, like, what else have I been told that is false? How much else is there? That's wrong. That nobody told me, and then doubt starts to creep in. And a lot of times, when they talk to people who don't know the Bible, who aren't connected to the Holy Spirit, and can't answer them, we lose people. And these people don't just leave and stay silent. They're the most vocal. They're the most pratting, prattling individuals. They're the ones that talk loudest and get other people to hear them and it gives the enemies of the lord great occasion to blaspheme and it hurts the witness when this happens so when we put forth information we need to put forth the right information that's why study to show yourselves approved under god is such an important verse No you know workmen need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth we have to do that every day, not just certain times of the day. So I placed the wise men in Babylon, or they come from the Babylonian, Medo Persian uh, vibe, where Daniel had great influence and they read his works, they kept his teachings alive, and they searched the skies for word when this would happen. They didn't know when, they just knew when it did, here's the sign. So then they would just go, you know, by remote once they saw the sign. We know what to do when we get that far. And it's amazing that, you know, someone who was treated so harshly, and for a lot of us, that may have been just enough to stop trusting God, to stop believing in God. Daniel just did the opposite. He trusted more. He leaned on God a lot more, more sternly. He used him as a strong leaning post, which is what we're supposed to do. But this young man, he was not old. He was old when they tossed him into the a lion's den. But when they grabbed him and and and, and, and hurt him, He was still young, because Nebuchadnezzar didn't want old men. He wanted young men. He wanted handsome young men that would look good standing near him, but would not be able to be beguiled by either men or other women and, you know, cause problems in his court. So he was going to fix that. And so Daniel never had children because know he had to serve in the court of Nebuchadnezzar but look at the benefit look how much we benefited and the tangibility of the sacrifices that he endured and still holding on to the Word of God still trusting in the Lord still letting the Lord use him still not shirking or shrinking from his obligations to his God i.e. When the edict came through, you can't pray to anybody but the king. You can't ask any request of any god but the king during this time. And Daniel was like, all right, cool. But I'm just going to go home right now and pray. And I'm going to have my window open. And you can hear me if you listen. I'm going to pray like I do every day. But here's the thing. He prayed three times a day. Because David said, in the morning, in the evening, and at noon, will I seek him. Daniel took that literally. Just like in Leviticus, I believe, we're told when the, the floods come on you, they will not overtake you. And when you pass through the fire, it will not burn you neither will the smell of smoke be upon you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego took that seriously. It wasn't hyperbole. It wasn't just a flowery way of writing. This was truth. This was truth they stood on. So when Nebuchadnezzar breathed out his threatenings about, I'll burn you to death, it's not going to hurt us. And even if it does, we're still not doing it. And because they took that stand, he tossed them in, fire didn't hurt them. And the narrative even says they didn't even smell like smoke. Not even the beginning of anything kindled. It's amazing. God is awesome. In front of everybody. And all they did was, you know, with mouths agape, stare silently like, oh my goodness, what are we looking at? That's the power of God. That's the same power that overshadows us. And if we are just obedient, regardless of what we see, regardless of what we feel, regardless of what else we hear, regardless of what other things we read, if the Word of God tells us, if the Spirit of God shows us, that should be enough. Because we are told, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Twenty-ninth chapter of Proverbs, 18th verse, where there is no vision, the people perish. We need to see where we're going. We need to see what this sacrifice will garner us. We need to see that. You know, we're told that a man, before he builds, he counts the cost. There's a cost to this walk. There's pain with this walk. We will lose loved ones, loved ones that we pray for, loved ones that we beg the Lord to heal. We will lose some of them. Will you still walk with me is the question that you're asked. We will have to say no to some of the dreams we had because they don't line up in the will of God. Will you be okay Will you pray to me still? Will you sing my praises, but through gritted teeth? Because you still wanted that bike you never got. Or you were promised a horsey, and you read in the scriptures that, you know, no good thing would he withhold from you if you diligently seek him, and I sought him every day, and I still didn't get my pony. Is that what you do? Are you still harrumphing? or sitting with your jaw tight because you didn't get the man you wanted and you prayed for 10 years and he still married somebody else? What about that woman that you did get that you thought was heaven sent and was more alike the woman that Solomon talked about? He said it would be better if a man dwelt in the corner of a rooftop in a large house with a contentious woman said the man who had a thousand women so I mean we might need to take heed to what he's telling us but a lot of people are still angry with God and that's never that's never cool it's a human thing and a lot of people do it but I mean it's futile and you see why in Job It's, it's after uh The Job's calamity First hitting You see the verse says And in all this did Job Not charge God foolishly With his lips He didn't He didn't say anything dumb That didn't make sense He didn't put things at God's feet That should not have been there He didn't know why God never told him why Not at that point I'm sure when he got to his reward, God explained things to him. But at the time, God didn't tell him that this was a chess match between me and Satan. He didn't tell him that. He didn't say, you were my champion. Never told him. God just let it happen. God set the rules and he set the boundaries. That was it. And when Job said, you know something? It would have been better had I not been born. Cursed be the day that they said, a man child is born. Okay, God's like, what? And God answered him out of the whirlwind. For four chapters, God yelled at him. He said, who is it that darkeneth counsel with words without knowledge? Thread up thy loins like a man. I shall ask thee and thou shalt answer. He's like, where were you when I created the world? Do you even know anything about it? And then he just kept hammering him. And when Job, after two chapters, Job's like, you know, what can I say? God said it again. Gird up thy loins like a man. I will demand of thee, and thou shalt answer me. You are going to answer me. Then he asked him about Leviathan. And for two more chapters, just blasphemy. And then Job says, hey, at the end, I repent and dust and ashes. And then God leaves. God doesn't smooth it over with him. God doesn't pat him on the head and tell him, you know, you did okay. You know, but the next time he doesn't do that. He just leaves. Then goes to the Job's friend and say, you know something? You need to ask Job to pray for you. I'm not hearing you. Because you didn't say anything that was right. But Job did. They said what they said was true about God. They misapplied it. That goes back to our uh, conviction to rightly divide the word of truth. What you say may be right, how you're using it, where you're aiming it at may be very wrong. So just because it's chapter and verse and you can quote it and throw your hands up and say hallelujah does not mean that you're doing it in the proper way at the proper time we are to let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. We're to let the Holy Spirit bridle our tongue because we can't do it. Perfect. There are constant examples in the Bible, constant examples in our own lives when saying too much or not enough got us in trouble, made us lose out. We either lost friends, we either lost opportunity, we lost blessings, we lost time because of petty arguments between people who weren't really arguing or fighting about what they argued about. They were fighting over something else. We can't. Our lives are too short to have that kind of loss suffered. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 5 verse 6 Chapter 5 verse 6 in Romans For when we were yet without strength In due time Christ died for the ungodly Now I had told you earlier Where there was no vision that people perish Okay so when we were without vision We were also without strength But Jesus died for us anyway In that that depraved condition where we were in, he still sacrificed himself. He let them torture him all night. He dealt with the grief of, I can see right now the pain I'm going to endure for you, the sacrifice I'm making for you, and you still don't even like me, let alone love me. You fight me tooth and nail. You plot to kill me. I can see your hearts, and I have to endure this. I've humbled myself as a servant. I'm the king of glory, and I come to you like a pauper. I have no home. I even told you, foxes have dens, birds of the air has nests, but the son of man hath not where to lay his head. I'm homeless. I come from the greatest throne there ever was and I'm sleeping under the elements here and you still don't even like me the body that I have is not comely so no one would lust after me I'm not causing anyone to sin and you see me as wretched smitten by God you think that God cursed me that's laughable because I am God, and you—you you don't even want me to protect you. He wept over Jerusalem, and we can assume that that wasn't just that one time. When he would just, when he would ascend the mountains to go pray, up high enough that he's not bothered by anybody. You know how, and he'd pray all night when he'd pray in the day spend hours with his father. Like imagine what he was saying when he was talking. Basically he was talking to himself, but he was just getting weary because those he created didn't want bothered with him. And we as parents know that there are times when our children don't want a fellowship and how much that hurts because their teenagers or you know, whatever crisis they have in their world that seems like it's the worst thing ever. Now they just, you know, don't want the help you can give them. You can fix it, you can show them how to fix it for themselves. And they just don't want to listen. Amplify that 150 million times. That's what Jesus felt. I he could feel every heart reject him. It's sobering. But we need to remember that this season where everybody is still worrying more about uh, what shopping they can get in underneath the the, the bell, uh, how much budget they have left to buy gifts, and not realize that the best gift that you have is your heart. It's your empathy. It's your love for your fellow man. When we've had people in power great power for four years. who don't fear God or regard man and have disdain for the poor, the widow, the children and the stranger among us. Especially when the stranger among us can occupy each one of those categories. They just have no regard. They see them as beneath and not equal or above. They just don't. And too many people have just been okay with that. God's not happy. God's not pleased. But where are we in the mix? We need to remember how much we grieved the Savior, and yet He's still saved. The sacrifice has been made, and yet we still don't regard him like he deserves, like he commands us to regard him. And time is not as long as it used to be. So we need to get this right. Matthew 23, verses 34 through 35. Wherefore, behold, I sent unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Jesus says, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of the people in the Sanhedrin followed him. Not everybody was his enemy there. Not everyone in in, in in organizations and places that seek to harm you are all enemies. God always has rams in the bush somewhere for his people. But he says, some of them ye shall kill and crucify some of them you shall scourge in your synagogues persecute them from city to city that upon you may come all the righteous blood some of that righteous blood were those babies in and around bethlehem that were killed just because they might have been jesus's age And all that blood was on the hands and the heads of those that carried out that evil edict and the one who made that edict, the ones that wrote it out, the scribes in his court that wrote it out and distributed it. Because Nebuchadnezzar wasn't like, you know, he wasn't going around playing mailman. Somebody else did that work for him. That's sober. When Ecclesiastes, chapter 8, verse 5, Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Let me read that again. Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Okay? The wise men, that August group of people, Still scanning the skies for the wisdom that Daniel brought them. They felt no evil thing from the court of Nebuchadnezzar, from the court of Herod the Great, who was kind of like a poor man's Nebuchadnezzar, just as angry but wielding less power. Still power enough to harm, and he did much harm. But they didn't feel any evil thing. They weren't afraid to say, where is the real king? We came to worship him. Could you tell us where he is? Not that do we have permission to worship him? Not that do we have permission to, you know, traipse through your nation? No. We know he's here. We know he's born. Tell us where he is. Because you should know. So not only did they boldly proclaim that Herod was not the real king, not the true king, But they also boldly declared that the real king was already born and Herod, you should know where he is because he's your king too. And that's the last thing Herod wanted to wanted to hear. But the wise man's heart discerned both time and judgment. They knew discerning the time they knew that that's what that star meant that God come down as the form of a man is now. We have to go worship him. You know, because Daniel taught us well. We have to be true to him. We took vows that we would hold his teachings like to the level that they deserve. This, this is good stuff, as we say here on the call. You know this is truth, the epitome of truth. We're going to keep it. We're going to watch it. We are dedicating ourselves to keeping this knowledge alive. And now it's time. They discern both time and judgment. They didn't see any problem. They, they 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 didn't see any issue with going to Jerusalem and talking to the king first. They could have asked people. They could have asked people randomly on the street, "Hey." Uh, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? And they might have got a, a stray Pharisee who said, that's not you Judea. Why? Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. They could have kept going. They didn't do that. They went straight to the sitting king because they dis- their discernment was so so pointed. It was so sharp that they knew that on this mission for God no harm could come to them because we are his anointed we are his prophets and now the wise heart will receive commandments but a prating fool shall fall Proverbs eighteen eight again the wise in heart will receive commandments which brings us to the last group we're going to discuss the shepherds. Now, the shepherds are an interesting group. They're interesting in how they were maligned in Hebrew society, maligned by them being perceived as having the lowest position in a sort of non-hierarchical society. You had the scribes and the Pharisees here at the top. You had people in the more prominent families up there with them, and then you had everybody else. You had the priests, high priests, and the other Levites, basically like Moses and Aaron's cousins, down through the blinds. They had prominence because they were living in a theocracy with a king who, you know, assumed power and then you had at the very bottom, then then you had women then widows and orphans and shepherds and shepherds were looked at you know like i said like they were the lowest rung of society for a couple reasons a they smelled like their job sheep are funky and sheep really never they don't like water so they never really wash and so the longer you stay with the sheep the more you smell like the sheep. So a lot of people felt that, no, that wasn't cool. Not just that, but they were ceremonially unclean. They couldn't just go into the temple without washing with water. Like out in the pasture, you don't have a lot of washing water and your clothes are going to smell like what you do. And what you do is you handle sheep. You have to pick them up and carry them. They're messy and smelly. You're like, No matter how you slice it, you're going to smell like the sheep. And people, people didn't take kindly to that to the point where in Egypt, it was an abomination for an Egyptian to even eat with a Hebrew because a lot of times, like, you're going to smell like the sheep and for other reasons too, but let's specifically stay on point with sheep. Bother people So these shepherds Were seen as You know lesser But the verse tells us That The wise in heart will receive commandments The angels came Not to the court of Herod The angels came Not to the wise men, like the nativity kind of like wants you to believe. The angels came to the shepherds, the ones that nobody really regarded, and they were out doing their job. They were minding their business, just keeping the sheep safe. Just like the pastors are supposed to do late at night, you know, keeping watch over their congregations through prayer and fasting, and praises, and study to be used by the Holy Spirit whichever way the Holy Spirit wants to use them. Okay? Just like a a, a king would lead his people, just like the Lord leads us. David says the Lord is, in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and then everything else that he, as the good shepherd, will do. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep. Okay, so these guys were, were were serious. Being a shepherd was not an easy job because back in these days in this area, you had lions, you had, you know, you had fell beasts, as they would be want to be called, trying to, to eat, eat an easy meal, a meal that wouldn't fight back. You had to, like, make sure the eagles didn't take the little lambs away. So you had to be vigilant. You couldn't just be out there, you know, playing your 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 lute or composing music and not really, like, paying attention. You really had to guard them because everything out there wanted to eat them, including other people. Okay? So they were, at night, doing their jobs, and then all of a sudden, this angel who's standing in midair or maybe even on the ground, But he's glowing. There's a, there's a sort of fear that's going to like just be welled up within you when you see him, somebody who looks like a man, you know, like glowing at night when it's supposed to be dark. And the only light you have is from the moon and the stars in this man. And he's like, fear not, you know, because you're going to be scared. I'd be, you know, for behold, I'd bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you was born this day In the city of David And You know it's at night Because the scriptures say The shepherds were abiding in the fields Keeping watch over their flocks by night And lo, the angel of the Lord Came upon them And the glory of the Lord Turned round about them That's why he was bright Because when you stand in the presence of God His Shekinah glory, you know, like swaps you. Remember when Moses was on the mountain and he spent time with God and just 40 days, he had to veil himself when he came down to the people because his face was glowing. And he's flesh. The angels have those glorified bodies and they glow too. So that incandescent glory that just emanates from them was shining all around them. And he told them unto you is born as this day. That's significant, too. Because when we go back to Genesis, we find that the way God set everything up, the evening and the morning were the next day. Okay? So the day didn't just start in the morning. The day was ending in the morning. The day started in the evening. And the angel told him, this day. So the baby had just been born at night. And so what they did, we don't know how far they were from the city. They were on a hilltop over the city. Don't know if they took their sheep with them. But what we do know is... They hightailed it down looking for mangers. It's a big city, but eventually they found them. And then they told Mary and Joseph, you know, how they found out. It's like the angel told us. And even though Joseph knew what this baby represented, and Mary knew that too, that she had had angelic visitations, but it's passing strange that they were still a little surprised at all the other people sort of like being in on how magnificent this situation was when they went to have Jesus circumcised and the old man who was actually doing the brisk, uh, the circumcision said, you know, now I can go to my, you know, I, 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 I can take my rest now because I have seen the Lord's anointed." You know, the Holy Spirit said he would not see death until he saw the Messiah coming to him as a baby. And then he knew that that was Jesus. The old lady who had, uh, fasted and prayed night and day in the temple, who had been there since, uh, she was a widow. Okay, she explained it too and talked to Mary about she being the mother of the Messiah. And they were and Mary still pondered these things in her heart, didn't say that she readily you know jumped on it. It's like she thought about it more and more, like, "What does this mean?" Which should have been real easy, but that's just me. you know when it, i'm 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 thinking that if an angel came and it wasn't disguised as a regular other person, showed me that they were in in truth a holy angel with the Shekinah glow of the father, I you know, I would take what they said, you know, quite literally, even if it seemed vague to me. But again, that's just that's just how I'm wired. But this is an amazing time of year where we reflect on the greatness of God and his love towards us, that he would want to be down here with us. Though he knew, because he's not bound in time, he knew how we would react to him. He knew how much grief this would cause him. Isaiah told us he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid our faces, as it were, from him, deeming him stricken, smitten of God. Like, you must have done something for God to make you look like this. How how would you like growing up in a house with a brother who was perfect? Ugh. You know, not like you really want to play with him because he can read your mind. He can read your heart. He knows that you're trying to do something naughty that your parents told you not to. And he's telling you don't do it. Wouldn't you get tired of that, Joseph was a watered down, a real watered down version of that. And his brothers hated him. So imagine how James and Josie's and and the other brothers Jesus had, how they felt about him, and he he being the older brother and they had to mind him. So he 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 took a lot on the chin for his love for us. And so in this season, when there's so much pain, when there's so much unhappiness, where there's so much fear and doubt, we need to realize that. I think a little bit more and take that a little bit more to heart that we have that vision. We need to impart that vision to others because Daniel having been dead so long, his writings were strong enough and he instilled the truth of his writings into those around him to such an extent that hundreds of years after the fact, They still took his writing seriously, and they were ready to move and jump on them when the time said jump, and they did, and we have their legacy. We never know their names. We never know their number. We just know their purpose. They came. They worshiped at his feet. They didn't just, again, just bow down and say flowery things. They worshiped him as God. And they gave gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How do you think Mary and Joseph got a house? Because when the wise men came, they were in a house. Okay? That probably would have taken all of Joseph's money that he had once people started leaving. Don't know how long they had to stay in the manger. But when they were two, when the baby was two years old and this gift came and warned in a dream that night that take the boy and his mom to Egypt, they had passage to Egypt. They had enough money to get something to live in in Egypt and stay there. Don't know how long it's going to be before somebody hires me as a carpenter, but we got enough to get along until then. And then we have money to move back. That came from somewhere. That came from the gifts, my spiritual eye tells me. So their purpose was amazing and multifold because they came to declare, they came to worship, they came to prove that when, when they went back, they took, hey, you know, this guy, Daniel, you know, yeah, just like he said. And so that group were still holding what Daniel said in high esteem, and they weren't even Jews, but they knew that this was the king of glory being born. How much more so should we? That's the vision we need to keep. And so if something, the spirit spoke something into your life, if prophecies which came from a real prophet And the biblical prescription for a real prophet is if they say thus and so, and it happens thus and so, they're a prophet. If somebody has spoken something over you and it's not happened yet, keep your faith. It may take a really long time, but you still have to scan the skies for your side. You have to occupy until he comes because he promised to come. He will. He will show up. He won't show up late. He'll show up right when it's perfect. But you have to be ready. You have to have your wicks trimmed and your oil ready when he gets there. You have to be ready to travel. Your legs have to have the strength. You have to have the vision in order to see where the vision is taking you. You have to be ready. You don't get ready when the word comes. You be ready when the word gets there. You know all the things that you have to observe on the trip. You rehearse it to yourself if you need to. This is serious. Because the Lord has a need for you to have this, else he would not be giving it to you. And when it gets there, it needs to be utilized in the time That he has prescribed because if you wait, if you use it too slowly, if you get into it and think I'm not really sure and you are in your gestation period way too long, then this is causing this is causing harm and somebody is missing out on a blessing that you were supposed to bring and you may not find out who that is until much later. But the fact is, if you don't do it in the time that's prescribed, you know, there is harm. So, with that in mind, if there's anyone who joined us late and wants to say good morning, now's the time.
0: Good morning, it's Chantal. I have a real quick question. Do you recommend any books that speak, like, truth about the stories?
5: Uh, what what story is that?
0: Like is the stories the of the Bible. Like, you, you went over a few stories and, like, went into the details of them in a way that I've never heard. So what I'm asking, is there any book out there that you recommend that would talk about various different things that happened and break it down specifically to that particular person and what happened around them?
5: Oh uh well specifically uh you can you can read the writings of Flavius Josephus but I would I would say that you read those with a grain of salt because Josephus was he cited left and right throughout but most people don't have not read him they just heard people talking about him and then they go on Josephus was a traitor, so he was working with the Roman government to, you know, catalog the history of Israel, and so he wrote with that in mind. Uh, mainly what I told you is just gleaned from the scriptures. Uh, you can read the book Ben-Hur to get uh, the vibe that I discussed how you have the three potentates it's kings coming from three different societies. It's not like the movie, uh, but how that started. And when you read that book, then you see where I'm coming from there. But everything else I got from the scriptures themselves. Because the scriptures, the canon of scripture that we have uh, are comprised of 66 books. And each one is married to the other. And so anything that is said in Proverbs will bear out in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the things that you see in 1 and 2 Peter will show up in Deuteronomy, and they'll show up in Isaiah and Jeremiah. And the things that you see in Micah are going to show up in the book of Revelation. It, it Again, it's all interlinked. And we we do uh, ourselves a disservice when we just read certain sections of the Bible only after we've read a particular section before. We have to eat the whole roll. And what you see is like when you do that, you're going to start to see where, you know, this stuff starts to connect. Like the verse that I said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You take that as your key verse, and you go through Chronicles, first and second, and first and second Kings. What you'll see is every, even starting off with the book of Judges, every time God tells Israel, "Stop being stupid, because if you don't, I'm going to chastise you." And a father who loves his son chastens him, chastens him, betimes. That's the, that's the edict. That's the word from heaven. When they don't, when they act stupid, what you find is God will whip them with other people, other nations. The Amalekites, the Amorites, the, uh, the cousins that they had uh, from the children of Esau, the Edomites, uh, the Philistines time and time again. And other people, too, okay? But when that happens, that verse, touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm, stands against them. So everybody that ever whipped Israel got beat down by somebody else. The Edomites, the Philistines, the uh, Amorites, the Amalekites, the Assyrians that stole the ten tribes. Babylon comes over and gets them on the way to getting Israel. And then when Babylon messed with Israel, who got them? Medo-Persia. The Medo-Persians messed with Israel. Who came and got them? Greece. Greece messed with Israel. Who came and got Greece? Rome. Rome messed with Israel. Rome broke up. Rome messed with the church. There are no more. So, like... Each verse covers other verses and the thing is like through our study what we have to do is just link them. And can't do that in a day. It it, it it takes a while because the spirit will give you an understanding of what you read if you ask him to, and time living will bear a lot of this out. So uh that's that's where I'm I'm coming with mine. I, I try to stay uh, understand what I'm trying to say is that I stay in-house I try to stay within the 66 books and not stray from that that's just me because a lot of times people can put their opinion in what you're reading and I want the pure unadulterated word from the from the Lord and then I can piece the rest of things together with his help. So I hope that answers your question.
2: Yes, thank you.
5: Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else?
2: Good morning, Andrews, Rochelle. Happy Monday.
5: Happy Monday, Rochelle. Good to hear I ju- um,
2: Good to hear your sound. I totally appreciate how you talked about Um, the wise men and what made them wise is because they didn't deviate um, from the purpose, from God's purpose, and how um, I really appreciate how you continue to call them their birth names, um, Meshach, um, um, Hananiah, and Azariah, um, how you call them their birth names and didn't call them the heathen names that the the, uh, king gave them. So oh, yeah. that part is what make them wise is because they don't deviate from the purpose that, um, you know, Herod has sent them out there to do one thing, but God um, led them to do what was right. So I appreciate your declaration. Have a great day.
5: Oh, thank you, sister. You as well. Yeah. And and, and the thing is, a lot of times when we're reading the Bible, we, we have a dim view about people that aren't Hebrew you know, that aren't part members of the first church, that may be Greek. But when when you start reading Luke, and you, you see where Luke is saying that, hey, you know, these are the, you know, when he's writing Theophilus, Theophilus, rather, he's telling him that, you know, this is stuff I got from eyewitnesses, like I saw it myself. So he's not telling him hearsay. He's explaining everything that we the august body of believers know and luke was around when you know this was going on he was and so when he's telling theophilus what was going on then you know it's not like well you know kind of i got this from peter and like no like i this is how i got it paul when he when we read the the section of the scriptures before we take Holy Communion, Paul lets you know that he got this from the Lord. The Lord told him in the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. Peter, James, and John didn't tell him because they were like, you tried this before, dude. I don't trust you. They didn't really want to hang with him. And Jesus told him. So, yeah, like, these wise men, you know, they were tied enough with God that God met them in the dream and said, don't go back to here. And they're like, okay, we won't. They went another way. This other way may have taken them way out of their way. Again, at this point, we don't know where they came from. We just know which direction they traveled. East. But look how much was east. Asia was east. Uh, Indonesia was East. Greece was east. You know, the beginnings of Rome were east. India was east. We don't know where they were where they had ended up after all the uh turnover in terms of who was ruling whom. Cuz Israel went back to Canaan. You know, so those guys those the, I, I I love their story because they're only they're only in for just a little bit. They're on the scene, they pop up, you know, a couple chapters later, they're done. But the impact that they had was amazing. And that's, we need to take heart. A lot of people who you may not consider that big a deal have huge impact, and God sees it. Because again, we still don't know their names. But then again, the, the old lady in the temple had just had a little mite and she put it in the collection, she didn't have any other money but she still wanted to give God what she had we still talk about her still don't know her name now the interesting thing that I ask is where do you see her in heaven you know God is God is God is going to honor her okay and the thing is, when Jesus remarked from the other side of the of the building, see that woman right there? She's got no other money, and she yet she's putting money in. That's more than any of these others are doing. What blessing did she get when she went back to her house? Because there was stuff happening in the Bible that isn't mentioned any other place, i.e., when the angel came down, to trouble the water and the first person that got in got healed of everything that's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible certainly not in the Old Testament where it was started or whenever it happened in the New Testament we just know that it happened and everybody knew it was going on. question is like so what else are we not being told that went on from the hand of God That you know, God didn't think was really necessary for us to know. So, uh, gleaning the scriptures, there's a lot to find. Thank you, sister. Is there anyone else? Morning, brother. Brother. Morning, brother Andrew. Brother Michael. How you doing? Hey, brother Michael. Happy Monday. Great decoration. I got on a little late though, but I got so much out of it. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. anyone else good morning brother michael this is sister melinda um your declaration was totally awesome um it lined up in everything that we were taught yesterday in our lesson and um i am just truly blessed on this morning thank you so much sister thank you so much yeah uh, it's uh this is a favorite time of mine in the year because uh, with respect to the birth of our Lord, you see a lot of people involved that aren't major players in in the New Testament. I mean, you see the shepherds. You see, you know, Joseph, Jesus's earthly father, and the wise men you don't really see them anymore you know and as jesus starts to get older you don't you don't hear a joseph anymore after jesus is 12 and they losing and imagine how that felt it's like look we just lost the son of god and everybody's trying to kill him that's why we were in egypt anyway you know for years you know what's going to happen to us if we can't find this boy and when they went up to him and Mary's like why how could you treat us like this how could you you know how could you not be with us you basically you stressed out me and your father and then Jesus looked at her and said didn't you know I should be about my father's business like like this guy's not my father you know that but it says nevertheless he was subject to them. After that, you don't see Joseph anymore. But the impact that they had was amazing. And we need to take heart of that because a lot of times we may feel weary and, you know, we're not doing enough that's high profile or what I'm doing can't be that important. It is. As long as the Lord tells you we need it, it's needed. Just like over the Passover when Jesus tells them, like, I need I need a room for the Passover. So when you go down into the town, you're going to see a man carrying water, which was a woman's job. But you're going to see a man doing it. Go tell him that the Lord has needed the room. And it's going to, you know, everything is going to be there. He's like, hey, the Lord needs this room. Okay. The question is like, where would this man come from? Who was he, and other questions again, my spiritual eye, when I read you know the Christmas story, as it were, starts asking a bunch of other questions, like uh, where did this man come from those those doctors and lawyers that were talking to Jesus and so shocked by how much he knew when he was twelve what happened to them where did they go what about the shepherds that were told of his birth what happened to them cuz they're just like bit players on the stage and then they they rolled back somewhere else what happened to them this uh centurion that asked jesus to heal his his servant and Jesus, said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll I'll go to where you live, and he's like, oh, I'm not worthy of you being in my home. And and he was Roman. Like, where'd he come from? How did he become a believer? And not just in the the Hebrew God, but in this man who wielded the power of his God. Where he come from? There, there are just so many people that Jesus touched like the when Jesus healed the ten lepers, and only one of them came back to thank him, what happened to that man? Was Paul not the rich young ruler? He was the the right age, he was trained to defeat a Gamaliel himself, according to Paul's words. you know uh what's up with that so there there are there are so many things in there that just like they they you see them just for a bit and then they recede into the background but there's more to their story than just the little part they played but their part though little through you know narration was huge because what Joseph did for Jesus's safety was huge what uh, the old man in the temple did for a confirmation of this being a special baby was huge. The old lady, too. That That's what I get excited about. Just those regular little people, the shepherds. that Everybody else overlooked that God said, you know something? I'm going to send my choir to let them know that I'm serious about this. And they stopped what they were doing to go find the baby, and they found him. I wonder what happened afterwards. Because at some point, Peter said, Master, we found a man that was casting demons out in your name and we forbade him because he wasn't with us. And Jesus said, forbid him not. For those that are with us cannot likely speak against us." Question is, where'd that guy come from? Jesus obviously knew who he was. Because he gave me the power. So, little things like that pepper my mind from time to time, especially around this time.
2: Good morning.
5: Good morning.
2: Happy Monday. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. Good morning, family. I just wanted to say thank you for your declaration, Andrew. Always so filled with uh, lots of details and knowledge. Um, wanted to piggyback on what Chantal asked. Um, Chantal, it depends on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I have a spirit, spirit filled life study Bible that can help you. And also, there's usually a lot of commentaries out there that offer a lot of um background information to help you expand on your studying. Love you, family. Have an awesome day. Did Did you, you say
0: spirit filled? Did you say spirit filled life study Bible?
5: Yeah. Okay. Yes, you did. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> there there's also uh for uh for those of you who are are tech savvy there is uh a software package that you may be interested in it's called Xiphos and that is spelled x i p is in peter h is in harry o s is in sam Xiphos And it is an open-sourced software package for the scriptures. Now, uh, the cool thing about this is it's free. Open-source means that not only is it free, but you can actually look at the source code. So people like me and Moses who are into programming and whatnot can actually see the the language that the software is written in and what they did to have it do certain things. And if we can improve that, we can do that. But this, uh, will enable you to do some, you know, pretty amazing searches. Uh, it also has a lot of reference materials and like I said, it's free and playing with it is, uh, it, it, it's really a joy. The word xiphos is actually the name of a dagger that a Roman soldier would have on his person. He'd have a long sword. He'd have a spear. He had a number of weapons, but this short sword was his go-to. And the word of the Lord is is a strong sword. This software package would be a little sword. That you could take with you, you know anywhere you needed to go, you can get it downloaded on your phone or you can get it for your laptop, and like I guess awesome. it's called post. yeah, so if you, you uh if, what's that can you spell that again, please, okay, first letter is x, next letter is i, next letter is p, as in Peter, next lesson is h. As in heart. Next letter is O. Last letter is S. and then Sam.
2: Okay. And, also, and there's he, a blue letter. Um, there's uh, for Chantal. There's the Blue Letter Bible. Um, Dr. Phil is teaching us how to study and unpack things using the Blue Letter Bible as well. So that's really helpful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, good morning. It's Dee. Dee. Also, um, Andrew, awesome, awesome share. Always informative. Um, I kept saying, Oh, I'm trying to hopefully get able to finish the end of it before the little baby wakes up because you're not keeping my little granddaughter. But also, there is, um, Orin Root. I don't know if you know who that was, but Training for Service is an excellent student book for any believer. Um, you can get it. It's like probably under 10 bucks if you, um, go on Amazon. It's just Training for Service, and it's really a good, um, reference guide for me to use. And John, um, Drew, thank you for that. And Andrew, thank you for the information. But great share, great information. And it also, to me, gives us an a, a avenue to go and study the word for ourselves. So I, I just appreciate you sharing. Thank you. Love you, brother.
5: Love you, too, sister. Thank you for the work.
2: And also, all the life application um, translations are really good, too, because it breaks it down for you as well.
5: Anyone else? Any questions, comments? If there be no one else, then we'll just close out in prayer. Our Father, our God, our Creator, how awesome you are. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come before your people, Father God. We thank you for their listening ears and their hearts. Father God, we ask that you bless our day. As we started our day, lifting your name and praise, leading you in the secret place, Father God, we ask that you go before us and make easy our way. Protect us from the pestilence that creeps through the darkness and in those back places. Father, that no harm come to us or our families. Father God, we ask that you cover us with safety as we travel to and fro. For those that are staying home, Father God, we ask that your peace permeate their day. Father God, we ask that you strengthen their bodies and quicken their minds, Father, that your hand in their day can be seen as never before that they may praise you in the gates. Father God, bless us and keep us toward the season. We ask that you cover our needs, those that support us, Father. We ask that you bless our enemies, Father, with an insight on how they must conform to your will, Father. We just need you, Father God. We ask that you cover us and keep us, that we may convene here again, if such be your will, that we may drink at the full fountain of your love and power. These are the blessings we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, y'all. Be safe. Be happy.
2: God bless you. Thank Have you. a blessed day, everyone. Have a great day, everyone.
5: Have a good day, everybody. Love you guys. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Good
0: day.
4: Thank
1: hey, you it's a
0: God, good, oh Have a good day. Love y'all. Have a
4: good day. Thank, a you good day.
0: Thank you. That girl flying with all our dogs.
1: Oh, that girl getting so big. Pretty
4: child.
6: the truth. Praying for our youth. Heaven bent. Supporting one another. A living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on. Reaching life. Forgiving one another. While staying on our knees. For it's God we aim
1: to please. We are declared
6: Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another, while staying True, praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please,
7: we are declared.